You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. I'm Kate Pierce, Multimedia Specialist with NYSEC. Today we're joined by Martha Sauerbrei, Chairwoman of the Tioga County Legislature and President of NYSEC. We're going to talk about her path to county government leadership and plans for her presidential term at NYSEC that just started at the fall conference in September. Marty, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks. I'm very excited to speak with you today. Great. So, Marty, you're from Tioga County, which is in the southern tier, uh, west of Binghamton and Broome County and on the border with Pennsylvania. Uh, What's the demographic profile of Tioga County? Um, So, like the size of your population, what are some of the industries in the county? Um, Just give us an overall picture of Tioga County. Yeah. So, Tioga County is a small rural county located along the Pennsylvania border. Our population is about 48,000, waiting for the census to come back to see what the actual number is. Uh, We are um, used to be a very big farming community, but over the last 20 or more years, that has changed dramatically. Um, It is not the farming community that it used to be. Uh, Our employers are our Lockheed Martin, home of the presidential helicopter, which we're very proud of, uh, Crown Core Conceal, lots of other small mon- manufacturing businesses. Um, we also have two really unique and quaint villages that um, offer small businesses, unique businesses, shops um, with unique items, and we do attract. Uh, within 50 miles tourism to come in and look at our beautiful countryside and enjoy shopping and have lunch here. So it's a very peaceful community overall. Great. Um, Now you're the chairwoman of the Tioga County Legislature. Um, And for some background for our listeners, uh, Tioga County uh, doesn't have an executive or an administrator or manager. So the management of the county largely falls on the board and goes through your office. Um, Can you tell our listeners what that's like? So um, our legislature consists of nine legislators, two women, seven gentlemen, and uh, we are all, we all carry the same weight. We all have one vote. However, we don't have a county manager. We don't have an executive and the day-to-day business of running the county ends up in the chair's position, which is my position, chair of the legislature. The chair is elected annually. So this has been a challenge over the years because things are changing. Government is not the same it was even 10 years ago. It's a lot more involved. There's a lot more mandates and and things that need to be addressed by people with background and training. And so again, we're looking forward to seeing some change there, but currently I am, I'm the leader, but I'm not the boss. (laughs) So I do, uh, I run the day-to-day business and I keep the legislature up to date on all the things that are going on. And that's how we run it here. Great. And so let's talk a little bit about your path to get where you are today, um, both as a chairwoman of the Tioga County Legislature and um, as NYSEC's president. Um, 
What did you do before you ran for public office and what made you decide to become an elected public servant? Well, I was always interested in government, even back when I was a teenager. And so I always sort of paid attention and got to know local officials and tried to understand what they did. Uh, I worked in nonprofits for quite a few years um, after raising my children and then actually went to work uh, for a senator in our area and spent about 10 years working for the New York State Senate on various jobs. I love the work, but there was always a little itch for me to step up and be the leader. You know, So at some point I said, oh, I have to go out and, and spread my wings and develop myself as a leader. So then I went to work for the Tioga County Chamber of Commerce, which was just a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful organization to work for, I spent 15 years there. <clears throat> but there was a time when I knew it was time to leave. And uh, that is where, when I became chair of the legislature, I was actually a member of the legislature uh, while I was working at the chamber. I got permission from my board. So I was there about um, eight years as a regular legislator. And then in 2014, I came on, got, have been elected chair every year since then. And this experience has been great for me uh, to really use my leadership skills and develop more leadership skills along the way. Uh, leadership has always been a very important part of my life. I've spent a lot of time studying it, uh, training in it, and encouraging others as well, creating organizations to help, especially women, step into leadership positions. So can you give us a little bit of a, um, a glance into your day-to-day -day job? Uh, what's what you would consider the best part of your job, or what are some of your favorite parts of your job as the chairwoman of the legislature? So I really do enjoy this position. I look forward to coming to work every day and people say, well, why aren't you retired now? But I, I have a passion for this kind of work. And my philosophy is, if not me, then who? Who is going to step into government and represent their citizens and do work? Uh, and believe me, when you work for government, you don't make a lot of money, at least you don't here in Tioga County. Uh, so you do it because you love the process, you love what you do. And again, if not me, then who? Uh, so there's good things in, in running a legislature and there's more challenging ones, but the good things are um, when we can provide service to the community, help people with their needs, um, and come up with creative ways, if, especially if money's short, how can we make something out of nothing? How can we take a situation and provide service when we don't have a lot of money? What kind of resources can we utilize? Also, in more recent years, I've been involved in creating leadership with and education within our county employees. And that's been really fun for me because I'm working with young leaders who are very creative, they're, they're smart, they're creative, they come up with great ideas. We have uh, created something called Institute for Advancement, which we 
you know, learned about through NISAC, you know, other counties doing it. So we created a similar leadership training here. We've been in it five years. Um, and therefore we have discovered and enhanced our leadership ability within the folks coming in here. And I'm, I'm very excited for the future for that. That's uh, great. So yeah, so it's, it's really been wonderful for me, encouraging. And something new, you know, other than regular day-to-day <clears throat> -day government. Um, so the challenging things are, of course, when you have to cut funding or cut employees when times are bad, when there's new mandates, new rules coming down from the state that we must follow. Sometimes the public pushes back. Why do you have to do that? Most certainly this COVID experience has been the most challenging of my career and challenging for the community because many people don't understand, they don't agree. And so that in the last six months has proven to be a very big issue. So uh, we just do our best to deal with people because again, we have people on each sides of the issue with different opinions, but we still have to carry out our obligation to serve the community, protect the community in every way we can. Right, I feel like um, COVID across the board for county government has just impacted everything. I mean, as with regular life, but really at the county level, there's so many services that you provide. And so it's really impacted every every facet of county government. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> and I'm waiting um, for it to be over. Yeah. Um, so um, in addition to COVID, um, with your perspective as the president of NISAC, um, what are some of the other key challenges in the year ahead facing county officials across New York State? What do you see um, from your perspective, both in Tioga County and with this statewide focus as well? Well, um, <clears throat> so again, the challenge is, is COVID and the challenge is, um, or so I don't want to call it a challenge, but we have an opportunity now with this, with our new governor, we have a we have an opportunity with our new governor to begin a new phase in relationship building. We believe that uh, the governor has an ear for county, understands counties, understands local governments, and so this will be an advantage as we bring forth our concerns about aim funding, our concerns about mandates that come down from the state with little conversation or consideration about what the counties have to say about it. And so um, that's really, that's something I'm looking forward to actually next year and now currently, because after all, we did have a meeting already with the governor. She was very gracious. Uh, the executives asked for a meeting immediately that was taken care of. And so we were present and she listened and we listened and it was a very good relationship. Um, but again, um, dealing with finances as we move forward, trying to retain as much sales tax income as we can so we can support our counties and provide the best services available. So let's shift our focus to a little bit um, 
here to talk about your experience with NISAC specifically. So like I mentioned before, you were sworn in as president of NISAC in September at our fall conference. Um, but when did you first start participating um, as a member of NISAC uh, when you uh, were on the legislature? So I've been a legislator for about 60, I'm working on my 16th year and gosh, I think it wasn't too many years after I was elected that I started seeing more information about NISAC training and which I thought was invaluable because when you're a new legislator, there's so many things that you don't know about and you don't have the time to spend to learn like you do when it, if this was your full-time job in our case. So our legislators, you know, we all had to learn from the ground up. So I probably have been active in NISAC 10 or 11 years. I did attend and participate in what was called then the Pelletier Institute. And that was super, super helpful. Training on finances and emergency management, very, very helpful. And so that's one of the benefits that NISAC provides to counties is education and training, which is critical because there are so many issues. And also the resources that NISAC have when the county has a problem, an issue, has a question, NISAC comes back immediately with responses or give me a minute, we'll find out. It's been excellent um, aid to help this small county because we do not have the depth of expertise and um, guidance that a, a larger county has with a larger staff. So NYSEC's just been great. Awesome. Um, and why would you encourage county officials um, from small counties, from larger counties? Um, what reasons would you give them to participate with NYSEC, like on standing committees or to come to conferences um, or attend webinars, listen to podcasts, et cetera? So the resources that NYSEC offers is just like having additional staff on your team. NYSAC is, is an organization that is there to help counties, extremely beneficial to smaller counties because we do not have the skills or the training or understand the issues when in fact NYSAC staff like yourself can provide information, can send us to areas where we can get more information or connect us with people that have skills in that specific area. Uh, for, for example, um, we have a very serious communications issue here, emergency communications. And a couple of years ago, I reached out to NISAC and I said, where can we go? Where can we find out what's available? Where can we go get training or, or, or explanations on how this whole process is when we wanna upgrade? NYSEC was there immediately. They, you guys um, hooked us up with NYSEC, which is an organization that will, is working with us to help us guide us through this grant funding and guide us on what to do next and how to do things. Uh, because again, our emergency management team is about two and a half people. And this is a major $14 million project that has been 20 years overdue. So very much appreciate. So that's just an example 
of something that New York State Association of Counties can do for all counties, but especially smaller ones. Great. So you mentioned before that you're uh, interested in promoting women leadership in government. Um, and I wanted to circle back to that because in addition to being the NISAC president, you're also the chairwoman of the Women's Leadership Council. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that is um, and what the goals of the council are? So the Women's Leadership Council came about um, from actually having a conversation with Steve Aquario. Uh, and I think we were in Niagara Falls at a conference and several of us spoke with him and he said, well, then we're just going to create a women's leadership council. I said, I want to be on it. <laughs> and it kind of went from there. And so, of course, COVID got in the way, but our, uh, what happens with the leadership council is we work with the NYSEC staff and come up with things that leadership we would like to address, talk about, encourage women to get more involved. And over the years at conferences, we have hosted and sponsored uh, with the help of the staff, um, sessions to encourage women to get more uh, involved in government. We have had roundtables discussions, which were extremely helpful because what you get is you sit down with women that are in government and you, you address questions. You learn from the other people, but that you're not alone, that you're all maybe having the same kind of struggle, but you also get tips and advice and connections, more importantly, connections with your sisters who are out there in government, slugging away. And, you know, we do encourage each other. I think, you know, I'm not a radical, but I really do um, feel women's leadership is critical. So I got involved in again, um, government 16 years ago. It was different then. It was much different. It was really slugging it out for the first couple of years to be respected. What's happening now, I see a lot more women, younger women involved in government, and it's so encouraging. And that's what this organization does. Women's Leadership Council really encourages women addresses issues. We had a great presentation in September on diversity. We had three women talk about inclusiveness and diversity. It was so powerful. They were so warm and welcoming. It was a great experience. And now we have some new team members and I look forward to doing some brainstorming because we certainly want to include everyone in this, men certainly, but if we address sort of issues that women bump into, in a room with men there, they might go, oh, okay, yep, I guess I might have been guilty of that. Or maybe women would be guilty of, you know, taking a shot at uh, a coworker that was not agreeing. So, you know, there's lots of things we can learn from one another. And I really look forward to uh, the future of Women's Leadership Council. Great. So in addition to, um working to develop this Women in Leadership program, uh, both at NISAC and uh, opportunities in your county. What are some of your other passions in county government? Anything that you've, uh, that maybe draw, drew you to county government leadership in the first place or things that you didn't expect to be passionate about when you first started, but now um, are a focus of yours? Well, there's a couple of areas that I'm, I really, really enjoy working on. That's the veterans. Um, my husband is a veteran. He, he, um, he was a member of the color guard early in our marriage. 
And I always had a deep, deep respect for those individuals that serve in the military. And I've carried that through. And working in the, on the legislature gives me an opportunity to do even more. This fall, we're working on the Operation Greenlight, uh, which is a great program hosted through New York State Association of Counties and other organizations where we encourage people to light up the front of their houses and their courthouses and their street lights with green light bulbs. And that is a reminder of respect and honor and peace and hope for our veterans, especially uh, those veterans that have come home from Iraq and Afghanistan and very aware of veteran suicide. And so I'm working with our veterans team here to beef up their veteran suicide um, actions because there are so many that we're, we're losing. So we're really gonna fight hard for that. Uh, again, very interested in leadership of the young employees coming in um, and doing our best to help them understand the value of working in government and how important good government is. And I think that's really where I'm coming from. It's not about power. It's not about prestige because in the end, I have none. I'm one vote. And even if I were in charge, you can be relieved of duty at, <laughs> at the end of your term. So you really want to do give the job, the first best energy that you have. And that's where my passion is. Yep, that's where it is. Just doing the best job you can. That's right. First Great. Best energy. <laughs> best energy. Um, so as we're coming to the end of our conversation here, um, I wanted to see if there's anything, you kind of touch on this throughout our conversation, but anything that you would like to see NYSEC accomplish in the year ahead uh, during your term as president? Certainly carry on the veterans respect uh, for sure. Uh, and also work to improve the relationship between the governor's office and counties. I think that is major, major. Uh, if we can do that, if we can get um, the second floor, as they say, to, to hear us and meet with us, and listen to our opinions, that would really be a home run, I think. I absolutely do. Fantastic. Great. And is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners about yourself or about Tioga County um, or about um, anything NYSAC related before we wrap up here? Well, let me see. Let me see. Well, I guess I, I have to say that the NYSEC organization has really helped me in my career as far as training and education, but also met some great people like yourself um, that I have enjoyed spending time with and learning uh, what you do and how you do it. Um, and I am a proponent, I'm a cheerleader of the NYSEC organization that I can't help it, that's who I am. And I will do my best to give my best energy to the NYSEG organization and help in any way that I can. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation today. We're really looking forward to uh, everything that we're setting out to do in your presidential term. Yes, I'm very excited. And um, I love all the things that happen at the last minute and like this. <laughs> well, not really last minute, but yeah, a little bit. 
Um, and I guess I want to learn as much as I can about it, about NYSEC, how it works, because even though I've been involved for all these years, I every day I kind of learn that you've done something, you do this or you do that, or you you do work with schools on um, stop bus arm cameras and and um, energy studies and just all kinds of things that I had no idea before. And of course, it doesn't always cross our county, you know, as far as what kind of things we do. So, it, and then the other thing is my experience, I'm one of nine and we are all over on issues. So getting things to happen to, is a little bit bigger challenge. Well, a different kind of challenge, I could say. So uh, I, I can't say, well, this is what we're doing. I say, oh, how would we like to think about this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like there's so many different things, uh, so many different focuses at NYSEC and so many different resources and initiatives that we have because there's so many different facets of county government and with what you do. You so. Well, you look at our state, if you go way north, I mean, even the issues that they deal with, with the weather, entirely different than downstate and or Erie County, they're on the border, they're by camp, you know, I mean, it's interesting, very, very interesting. And then out uh, west and western New York, um, there's a county that sits right on the border and is like touching the three states. I mean, it's just, just very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, what they run into. So, in fact, one of the things that I was absolutely blown away, uh, it was, oh gosh, it was before I was a board member even. I was sitting at a table at a conference. It was in Albany. And the gentleman there, I think he was a county manager and he was talking about his solid waste landfill. So what they did in this county, because in a landfill, there's a buildup of methane gas. Well, you can use methane gas for energy. So what they did was, it was very expensive. They, so when you see a landfill, you see these little pipes sticking up to let the air come out of there or the gas. So they hook up power generators with this methane gas. So from the landfill, they're getting energy. Now, this was a couple of years ago. I would expect that's still in operation, but I don't know how profitable is it. But I'm like, holy cow, who would have ever dreamt of that? Major project, not something we have. We don't have a landfill, but yeah, so interesting. Yeah, and it's so interesting, Meg, how many different um, like focuses are going on in each county. I mean, there's some overarching things, so like broadband. Um, yeah. So like, um, you know, finance related things like AIM funding, um, but then so specific things like I've talked with some uh, county historians about certain anniversaries in counties yeah. um, and yeah. talked about uh, just recently on the podcast about invasive species, um, you know, and how those are affecting our forests and how our counties are involved in mitigation efforts there. And then climate change is also a thing that um, our counties are getting more involved in with partnerships yeah. for electric vehicles, uh, yeah. fleets and charging stations. So really all over the place. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And like our county uh, over the last, you know, 15 years or more has flooded like three times. And the last time um, was 
90% of this village that, are, that we're living where our offices was flooded. And so, you know, so we have all those flooding issues that we're more aware of. Or... Anyway, it's all different. <laughs> all different. Yep. Right. Well, thank you again for taking the time to have this conversation. And uh, we'll have you on sometime later this year to talk about more specific issues. Okay. Well, thank you and have a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government-focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.